Hello everyone, this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. This is a special one indeed. This is going to be the last episode of our USL Championship League. Tampa Bay rowdy coverage until next season. Obviously, if there's any big off-season news, we will cover it, absolutely. But uh, the season has concluded for us. I did take some time after that you know, first-round playoff loss to Birmingham Legion. 3-0, by the way, to everyone out there who wasn't there or didn't watch that atrocity. We were humiliated. I think we've lost now six times in a row against that team. Scoring no points against them in the last three matchups. Um, so they have our number. It was humiliating. And it was just not a good way to end the, to end the season. I did not expect such a loss. I really didn't with the talent we have, with the coach we have, with Nicky Law and uh, Leo Fernandez came off uh, the bench and subbed in, but I really wish he started. J.J. Williams and Cal Jennings kind of just got shut down. Um, Jordan Doherty and Connor Antley just weren't able to make those shifty plays as they normally do. Charlie Dennis struggled with touch and honestly dribbling inside their own half. It was a rough game. Um, Forrest Lasso has some good plays, but he also had some rough blunders. Um, it, it was, it wasn't something pretty. Uh, it really wasn't. It was good to see Josh Perez get out there. It was good to see kind of all the pieces that gained those chevrons over the year get in and get involved a little bit, but it was just a humiliating loss at the end of the day. And I just think there was something on in the air that night that just was going Birmingham's way. Uh, we were the number two seed losing to the number seven seed. Never something you want to see happen, but going over the 2023 USL Championship League season stats. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rowdies finished 19-9 and 6, 11-4 and 2 at home, 8-5 and 4 away, finishing off with a win streak of one in the regular season. Obviously losing that playoff game to Birmingham, but the last five matches in the regular season they went 3 and 2, 34 games played, 19-1, six drawn, nine lost, um, 55.9 games. 59.9% of games won second position in their conference. 42 goals conceded, 1.2 per game, 10 clean sheets, 4 penalties conceded, 62.6% successful tackle rate, 53.3 successful dual win rate, aerial dual win rate, 62.1%. Really good. Now, distribution-wise, our passes, 81.8 success rate on our passes, 15,000 total passes, 12,267 successful passes, 428.6 passes per game, 51.2 successful rate on our long passes, which is rough. Um, pass direction-wise, we predominantly went forward, obviously, 33.1%, and then we did target that right side of the ball just a little more than the left, um, 26% on the right, 254 on the left, and then 155 percent backwards, uh, 334 total open play crosses, 83 successful crosses, 49% average possession, which is not that good, um, 73.7 passing accuracy-wise on the opponent half, uh, and then on our own half, we averaged 90.2 accuracy, which is really solid defensively-wise. Total shots, excluding blocked shots, 308 shots on target, 150 goals scored, 60, 19.5 conversion rate, 
51 minutes per goal, um, 27 left foot goals, 23 right foot goals, 6 headed goals, 4 other goals, 5 penalties scored, 2 penalties missed, 56 goals inside the box, 4 goals outside the box, 1 direct free kick goal. Discipline-wise, 420 fouls won, 411 fouls conceded, 67 yellow cards to 2 red cards. Um, getting into some of the player stats, I guess we can go into that real quick. Um, is overall, Cal Jennings is our goal leader. Uh, 32 appearances, 19 goals. In the second second place there, J.J. Williams, 32 appearances, 12 goals. In third place, it's Charlie Dennis, 35 appearances and 11 goals. Assists. Uh, J.J. Williams, 32 appearances, 9 assists um, in that number 1 spot. Then Sebastian Delgard in that second spot, 24 appearances and 5 assists. And then in that number 3 spot, Ryan Spaulding, 9 appearances and 4 assists. A guy that should not be in the top 3 because we had him for such a little amount of time. But I just want to take this moment to shout out Ryan Spaulding. He's in the MLS now, doing his thing. But he was a very fun player to watch for the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Shifty, a playmaker, has the speed, has the agility, has all the intangibles regarding footwork, accuracy, and touch. He really opened up the game for all of our players when he was on the Rowdies for that short loan period time. And then tied for fourth is Aaron Guian, Cal Jennings, William Connor Antley, Charlie Dennis, um, all with three assists. And then tied for Fifth, I guess you can say, Jake Otterman, Jake LaCava, and Dayon Harris with two assists on the season. Shot leader uh, is J.J. Williams. J.J. Williams, excuse me. 32 appearances, 62 shots. Cal Jennings in that second place spot is uh, at 57 shots, actually, on 32 appearances. Uh, And then Charlie Dennis in that third place position, 35 appearances and 47 shots. Chances created... Charlie Dennis is in that number one spot, 35 appearances, 66 chances created. Tied for two, J.J. Williams and Jordan Doherty, 28 chances created. Number four is William Connor Antley with 25. Uh, Saves, Connor Sparrow, who was a phenomenal keeper for us, had some great games. Uh, Never was really the problem. One of the most consistent pieces of this team throughout this entire season. 31 appearances, 80 saves, and um, clean sheet-wise, he had 10 clean sheets and 31 appearances, and goals conceded, 35 goals conceded in 31 appearances. So not the best, but also kind of one of the better keepers overall in USL Championship League One because of his consistency as well as his communication skills, and he kind of has a play style of his own. If you ever watch him, he is the definition of sweeper keeper. Um, but I guess moving into news wise, this was an upset, um, uh, for, for us, we, we, we failed this was not a game we should have lost. We were battling the number seven seed there and I had complete hope in this team to really be able to do something, you know, in this postseason. getting Leo Fernandez right back in the nick of time and it just inevitably falling flat and, you know, towards halftime, Right before halftime, you saw Leo Fernandez and everyone on the bench, Sebastian Delgado, everyone just kind of just, they they knew it was happening. They knew it was not a good night. 
and it was probably going to continue to do so, and it did not look any better in the second half. We wound up losing to Birmingham in the first round of the playoffs. Like I said, 3-0. It was definitely something no one, at least in my friend group and family, expected because this is a paradise club in USL Championship League 1. It is a very high-quality coached club. Coming from Neil Collins now to Nikki Law, it was a very adversity-filled season. We had, obviously, the coaching change, but we had injuries. We had Leo Fernandez, our MVP from last season, go down and miss pretty much the entire year. Sebastian Delgard dealt with injury. Uh, Lewis Hilton didn't come back until, like, the final fucking 10 games. So we really were kind of battling through the season. And I can kind of see why we started to gain momentum in some of these late uh, late matchup games in the season, as well as, obviously, the playoff matchup against Birmingham. Our team is probably fucking exhausted. I mean, Charlie Dennis started every fucking game this season. I, he didn't. He didn't not play. And Cal Jennings played a whole hell of a lot. JJ Williams also did. Our attacking front played a lot. Jake Lacava did not look like he did last year this season, but he did provide some elements of flash and stuff. But he just really wasn't that guy you could really rely on to carry the offense, or at least to be that number one supporting cast member. Um, you know, after seeing Ryan Spaulding to, to Jake LaCava, I just, I wish we, you know, had Ryan Spaulding. Now, let me just say this. If we had Ryan Spaulding with Leo Fernandez, different story. If those two got to play together on this team, it could have been something special to witness. And uh, I, I'm ashamed and, and a little upset we didn't get to see that. But um, definitely a, a little bit of a letdown when it comes to the postseason. We were the number two seed. You know, we went in with a lot of confidence. We had home field advantage at Al Lang. We had a good crowd there. And we, we you know, we, the team let us down. You know, we maybe we let the team down, but nothing went well for us in that game. And, you know, maybe that was the storyline of the week because that was a big letdown. I mean, don't forget, Detroit did beat Pittsburgh, which is a num- another crazy one. The number eight seed beat the number one seed. So maybe we weren't the biggest upset of the first round of the USL Championship League 1 playoffs. But I will say this, it was definitely painful to watch especially um this is one of two clubs on the planet i care about i care about the rowdies and i care about the detroit lions okay maybe arsenal sometimes but genuinely the rowdies losing like this and then the lions losing like they did to the ravens it was painful to watch and i there's a reason i delayed this episode for sure so uh you know getting into i guess more um, important stat lines and stuff like that, if you don't mind. I'm just going to pull up the uh, USL Championship League webpage here just for the sake of me having my information completely correct. Uh, Playoff-wise, yeah, like I said, we lost to Birmingham. Birmingham now moves on to play Charleston Battery. The number seven seed is taking on the number three seed in Charleston. Uh, honestly, I want Birmingham to go all the way and win it after the game they put on against us. They deserve it, um, but we'll see. And then in the other game of the Eastern Conference is the number eight seed in Detroit taking on the number five seed in Louisville, a team we literally stomped on in the final week of regular season, but they got out with a win against Memphis, a team we couldn't beat this year. So that's just that's just great. Um, that'll be an interesting game. I really want to see Detroit go and... Uh, have to battle Birmingham in the uh, champion, the Eastern Conference Championship. That'd be interesting to see. But in the West, 
Looks like Sacramento won against New Mexico. San Antonio beat um, Colorado. San Diego lost to Phoenix. And it looks like El Paso lost to Orange County. So Phoenix, is the number six seed, will be taking on the number two seed in Orange County. And then the number one seed in Sacramento will be taking on the number four seed in San Antonio. See, this looks like a more clean cut. There are good and bad teams on the west side. The Western Conference is an entirely different story, which we did not cover extensively because obviously the Rowdies are in the Eastern Conference and there's already so many headlines to cover in, in the East. So that's just something that we I just wanted to throw out there. But a little segue, a little intermission, a little point here. If you do not follow us on Instagram or Twitter or TikTok or threads, make sure you do so at Tea Time Reports. It is greatly appreciated for all the support. Um, we do cover the Rowdies very prevalently during the season. Now that the season's kind of coming to an end, if you are still watching the USL uh, playoffs, definitely you know stay in, stay tuned in. But uh, as a Rowdies fan, I'm going to be you know a little less interested now that my team got humiliated in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> but I do hope Birmingham goes and wins it all the way. Uh, they will not have home field advantage. They might in the final game of their bracket before they take on the uh, winner of the Western Conference, but we'll see what that comes to because I'd like to see Birmingham play in Protective Stadium. Love that place. Great stadium. Never been there. Would love to go uh, see the Stallions or the Legion play, of course. Um, But I guess getting into um, overall some news of the USL, um, Orange County versus Phoenix Rising, like we said, Louisville versus Detroit City, Charleston Battery versus Birmingham, Sacramento versus San Antonio, San Diego versus Phoenix. So stay tuned for this weekend. It's going to be interesting. San Diego is apparently going bankrupt, but they might be folding and then going right into MLS because they were apparently supposed to be the next expansion team. Uh, But it is good to see them going out with a a nice fight, if you will. I'm shocked that um, Detroit City won. I think that's a big headline as well. Detroit City beat Pittsburgh, which is shocking um, for sure. Uh, but uh, I guess we can kind of go into real fast before we get into the next portion of um, this episode. Let's go into the attacking leaders. Cal Jennings, um, second in the league with 19 goals. Albert DeCroix on the Pittsburgh Riverhounds SC is at number one. Assist-wise, there are three tied. There's three gentlemen tied for one. Jorge Hernandez with San Antonio FC. Fidel Barajas with Charleston Battery. Canardo Forbes with Pittsburgh Riverhounds FC, all tied with 10 assists. Um, our boy JJ Williams is tied in tied in second technically. Um, with nine assists with Kiko from Sacramento Republic, Blake uh, Bodley from San Diego Loyal, which is awesome to see anyone else from our team. Sebastian Delgard is actually tied with technically fifth, but it says 21st with five assists. So there really wasn't a much assist. There's really prevalent, um, I guess, stat earners, if you will, in this league. Shot-wise, it looks like number one is Milan Iluski with Orange County SC with 93 shots. And then number two is uh, Tani Alazue, uh, San Antonio FC with 79 shots. J.J. Williams goes at number six, nice, uh, with 62 shots. And then Cal Jennings is at number 11 with 57 shots. 
Um, and then Charlie Dennis is at 25 with 47 shots as well. Awesome. Three players in the top 25 for shots. Um, and then chances created. Um, number one is Aaron Malloy, 80 chances created for Memphis 901 FC. And then tied for second is Taylor Davila with 66 chances created. And Charlie Dennis um, and Taylor uh, Davila plays for Rio Grande Valley FC, excuse me. And then Charlie Dennis, obviously, of the Tampa Bay Rowdies. Probably my favorite player on the team, to tell you the truth. Um, really do enjoy J.J. Williams, though. He's a really fun player to watch. And those are the full league uh, stat leaders to go over after the regular season. So just something cool to go over. Maybe if you didn't know that or trying to find a new player to kind of grow fond of, if you will, and follow. That's something you more than are capable of doing. If you uh, definitely stay tuned with Tea Time Reports and their U- and our USL, eh, excuse me, stay tuned with Tea Time Reports and our USL Championship League One coverage. We are very prevalent with uh, trying to make sure this league gets covered properly, as well as the Tampa Bay Rowdies getting the proper spotlight they deserve because it is Forza Rowdies. It is Somos Rowdies. Okay, I'm gonna stop. I, I'm not. Uh, I gotta stop rolling my R's that much. I've just been watching too much Vinland and those those guys. They know what they're doing, if you will. Um, I guess another big thing I wanted to kind of talk about is some of the guys on the, on this team that deserve some talking about. And I guess I can go over honestly each of the players that you know I, I saw out there, and, and honestly that were starting for us. And this is in no particular order. Uh, Aaron Guian is a defensive captain. He is the communication and vocal point of our team. He runs things from that back left side. He is the guy. He does not miss assignments. He rarely often does. I shouldn't say he doesn't. Um, But he's very competitive and passionate, and you see it on the pitch every time he's there. And I love watching Aaron Guian play. Shout out to you, bro. Abel Caputo, I know you were a midseason addition, young guy, high upside, Saw some good promising times out there with you. I know you got the injury, bro. Hope you're getting better. But good passing ability. Um, good speed in the transition. Needs to work on ball control as well as placement. But other than that, it's a guy I want to see with this club for, for a couple years. I really do. Ariel Martinez, shout out to you. You're an OG. You had some great moments getting some revenge goals on your former team. Just overall, one of my favorite players in this league. And he's how can you not love Ariel Martinez? He's a giant, bald man out there just doing things right, if you will. And then Cal Jennings. Uh, I hated you in the first five games, bro. I, I really did. But I will say this. You, you, you made me appreciate you. You showed what you can do. You showed your upside and promise. You tapped into that potential that you have. And we all knew you had and expected from the get-go. But we saw the aches and pains. The aches and pains were there indeed. But shout out to Cal Jennings for overall just a great season. You showed so many flashes of brilliance. I would be very surprised if you're not on an MLS team uh, next season. Charlie Dennis, my favorite player, potentially on the Rowdies for sure. Just a guy that is competitive, passionate, leaves it all out there on the pitch. Genuinely has one of the best free kick shots ever in this in this league's history he is so good at that shit his accuracy is great um shout out to charlie dennis for just being the headband warrior that we always will know you for and connor sparrow keeper in my opinion should should have got the golden glove but genuinely our best keeper we've had in a little minute 
Shout out to Connor Sparrow, as well as just having the dopest name ever. Deion Harris, the flashes of speed and control are there. Just lacks execution as well as finish. Uh, Would love to see him mold his offensive capabilities even more and just become more of a refined, you know, not runner, but genuinely just a guy you can chuck a ball up to essentially and he'll come down and he'll make a streak and a run for it and he'll win that one-on-one because he's just so fucking fast. He's one of the fastest guys in this league. I just wish he was utilized more. A guy that retired this year, Felix Schroeder. Shout out to you for having a couple good matches towards the beginning of the year before your injury. Uh, Hopefully your your journey continues well, brother. Forrest Lasso, uh, potentially my favorite soccer player or football player of all time. He is the, the header king. He just will always win those aerial duels. He is one of the best defensive players this league has ever seen. Freddie Kleeman. A guy that can learn a lot from Forrest Lasso, but still has his upsides and still has his down moments as well. He's had some rough patches this year, but towards the beginning of the year, he was really, really good. He was a bright spot, a guy we depended on when Forrest Lasso was not in form towards the beginning of the year. J.J. Williams, you showed your brute enforcing ability and as well as your scoring ability with just pure execution and domination of just bodying guys over there. And you just need to work on just finishing and worrying about your clutchness a little bit more because sometimes you miss those shots that should not be missed. But J.J. Williams is a very exciting and explosive player to watch, especially for USL Championship League. Jake Otterman, a guy that I was really excited that they brought on, really excited to see how he did this year, had some good moments of just pure class uh, and then some bad moments as well, some growing pains that he will go through, but he is a really good ball placement guy, a shifty infielder almost, like a midfield, like a, not an attacking center mid, but like, I would say he's like a conservative midfielder that kind of plays defense more, but he's able to hop back into the left back position, and he has, and he was pretty solid at it. Jake LaCava coming back for your second year in a row on loan, thankfully, uh, you, you know, I'm glad to see you play for us again, but just did not have the best season for us, he you know lacked explosiveness and motor skills. Like he just was not legitimately trying in some points, and that really pissed me off. But he still has that pure potential. I would love to see him come back next year and maybe show that to the to the Rowdies fan base. Jordan Doherty showed his shiftiness as well as his leadership skills all season. Showed that he is an offensive capability as well. Has them, excuse me. Uh, he's shifty, quick and has a good ball. Like He really genuinely has good touch, and a guy I'm excited to see continue to grow with his Rowdies organization. Josh Perez, a guy that we brought on towards the middle section of the season, towards the late end, uh, showed his flash capability and his ability to create those chances and move the ball into tight spaces, as well as have accurate passing, especially on the opponent's half of the pitch. A guy I respect and a guy I want to see grow more with this, this particular club as well. Uh, Lawrence Wyke only played two games with us, but he was pretty cool to see him back with us after last year. Um, he's a good player, has that explosive ability, and he's honestly got an explosive boot. Uh, really enjoyed watching him. I actually got to see him play live against Sacramento when the game we got rained out at. Uh, we actually won that game, and he was a big reason of that. He actually brought in that kind of center mid, you know, overall touch ability because Charlie Dennis isn't that a guy that can kind of play possession ball. That's what he was for two games. Leo Fernandez got in for two games. Um, 
Good to see him back and healthy. I'm ready for him for next year. That's all I want to say about him. He is a fucking top G. Excited for 2024. Uh, Lewis Hilton, glad to see him back and healthy. Old boy, but he's really, really good with touch and possession type ball. Uh, he's also a very accurate passer and a guy that's willing to take chances. Lucky Mokosana had some chances, had some playing time. Really love whenever he hits the pitch. He is a Rowdies legend. Shout out to Lucky. Phil Breno struggled as our keeper in the first seven matches. We had to pull him. He just wasn't the answer. Hopefully, you know, some development time, you know, really got to him and maybe we can utilize him going forward. Ryan Spaulding talked about him a little bit earlier, but a guy that we really significantly miss due to the fact that he was a chance creating machine as well as as well as a assist king because of his explosive shiftiness and his good footwork. Um and his speed really created space, created openings for a lot of our players. And when he was playing for us, we went through a offensive boom little period of time in that season for like six or seven games. And then, he, you know, obviously he went to New England's MLS team. And then Sebastian Delgard, an assist guy as well, a guy that has a beautiful crosser and a guy I want to see get healthy and stay healthy, but he's on the older side as well at this point. Tate Johnson didn't get much playing time. He's a young boy. Maybe we'll see him come up in this next season. We'll hopefully see. Um, Connor Antley this year showed a lot of his offensive capability, showed his athleticism, his speed, as well as his touch, really tried to create chances and do what he could do best. And that's genuinely kind of make a good run, pass it off to a offensive player that is, you know, capable of scoring. But Connor Antley actually would, you know, push the ball. He would actually press on offense, and it was good to see, and it was refreshing to see, in all honesty. But uh, Jan Ekra is another guy I really enjoyed watching this season. Very, very well-rounded. Very good. For, for an older guy, very athletic, obviously. But he's a very intelligent with the game. Makes very smart plays, very smart moves all the time. Genuinely always where he should be. Doesn't really miss assignments. Just a guy I love watching play for the Rowdies, genuinely. Um, Zachary Haraval only played two games for us this year. Got injured, I believe, again. Um, just a guy that just doesn't seem to stay healthy much, but when he is, he is actually a very nice addition to this club. But uh, everyone out there, you know, listening in from St. Pete to Tampa to wherever, if you're a Rowdies fan, somos Rowdies. Uh, we will hopefully be doing some off-season news episodes and stuff like that. If there's any player signings or team news. Uh, we will definitely have that covered properly and, you know, in due time. And if you are listening to this episode and you are a USL Championship League fan, make sure you give us a follow and let us know what team is your team. And if your team is still in the playoffs on any of our social media accounts at Tea Time Reports, it's greatly appreciated for any kind of support or interactions you guys give us. It just means the community is growing. But this is Trevor with Tea Time Reports. Take care, everyone. Take care.